Guys, I want you to understand the Holy Spirit as a person. Amen? The Holy Spirit as a person. And he is just as vital today as he was in the early book of Acts. Do you understand that? You have to understand that, that the Holy Spirit is just as vital today as he was in the early books of Acts. Listen, the early church, they looked to, they depended on, they spoke about, and they interacted with the Holy Spirit. Amen. They interacted with the Holy Spirit. He was a vital part of their lives, and he was preeminent in everything they did. Thank you. The Holy Spirit was preeminent in everything they did. He was a vital part of their lives. And what was really common to them, come on, y'all, seems really, really, really uncommon to us. Y'all missed it. You missed it. What was really common to them, guys, listen to me. The Holy Spirit, what was really common to them is uncommon to us today. The Holy Spirit is as vital today as he was in the early book of Acts. Do y'all understand that? He was a vital part for them. And I want to tell you this. I want to make this statement to you. I want you to understand this because there is virtually no Christianity without the Holy Spirit. Do you understand that? You remove the Holy Spirit from Christianity, it quickly becomes some monotonous, mundane, just weird. Really, If you take the Holy Spirit out of this, guys, do y'all understand that? It just becomes some monotonous. Listen, if you remove the Holy Spirit from a church, it will morph quickly into either a social club or a religious institution. Come on. God may Restoration Church never operate without your hand on it. Father, do not let your spirit depart from this church. Hallelujah. Y'all ought to be shouting a lot louder than that. It's not going to happen here. Listen, it's very crucial. That we understand the Holy Spirit as a person. Amen? Amen? Most Christians, when you mention the Holy Spirit, they immediately go to his manifestations. <laughs> when you mention the Holy Spirit, most people go to his manifestations, right? Rather than understanding him as a person. So let's settle it. Is he the third person in the Trinity, the Godhead? Or is he just a powerful influence that emanates from the Father? That was a question. Is he the third person in the Trinity? Or is he just a powerful influence that emanates from the Father? Thank you. I hope when I get done today, every one of y'all are going to be shouting the third person. Amen. I told you I was going to have to work hard this morning. Too. We have to understand him as a person. Okay? If you see the Holy Spirit... As just a powerful influence, you will make ridiculous statements such as, well, I wish I could have more of the Holy Spirit. And I want to be more of a Holy Spirit person. But let me tell you something. If you look at him as a person and not just as an influence, you won't make those ridiculous statements like, well, I want more of the Holy Spirit. No, you'll be making statements like, how can I give myself more to him? Amen. Y'all are missing this. You'll be saying things instead of, I want more of him. You'll be saying, how can I give myself more to him? Does that, are you understanding this? He's a person. The Holy Spirit is a person. Amen. 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 I think the problem, it really stems back to how we view him. Right? If you view him as a person, but if you don't, listen, if, think about how many times people refer to the Holy Spirit as an it. 
as an it. Amen? Looking at the scriptures, Romans 8, 28 says he has a mind of his own. He has a will according to 1 Corinthians 12, 11. He has emotions. He comforts. He speaks. In fact, the Bible says that he speaks very clearly. He teaches. The Holy Spirit can be grieved. He can be insulted just like any other person can be insulted. He can be resisted. The Holy Spirit can be lied to just like any other person. Amen. The Holy Spirit is a person. Amen. And when we think about him as a dove, y'all listen, when we think about the Holy Spirit, we get this picture of a dove. He is not a dove. The Bible says in the Gospels that he descended upon Jesus like a dove. Amen. If you have someone that wins the state championship in powerlifting and you say, man, he's strong like an ox. That does not make him a four-footed animal. It just, you are describing how strong he is, like an ox. Amen? And it says that the Holy Spirit descended like a dove, right? It's just saying and describing the way that the Spirit descended. So now we understand that the Holy Spirit is a person. Amen? Y'all got that? That wasn't really many more claps than the last time. Then we understand the Holy Spirit as a person. Come on, restoration. Do you understand that we're created in his image? Okay. So I've got three points about receiving the Holy Spirit. Okay. Number one, the Holy Spirit baptizes us in Jesus. I don't know who I'm preaching to this morning. Mike, I thank you for that amen. Number one, listen to this, gentlemen and ladies. The Holy Spirit baptizes us in Jesus. The Holy Spirit baptizes us. The word baptizo, the word baptism means baptizo. It means in the Greek to immerse. Do y'all understand this? Listen to this. We got that point. The Holy Spirit baptizes us in Jesus to put fully in, to immerse. We get completely wet. The Holy Spirit baptizes us in Jesus. Look at 1 Corinthians 12, 13. You got to see this. Look at this. It says, for by one spirit, maybe, <laughs> 1 Corinthians, maybe. It says, for by one spirit, we were all baptized into one body. So the Holy Spirit, there it is, maybe. I've seen it on this one. You got to see this, guys. You got to understand what I'm telling you. It says, for by one spirit. Sit up there. Okay. We're going to move on. For by one spirit, we were all baptized into one body. So the Holy Spirit baptizes us into Jesus Christ. Do you understand that? Okay. That's 1 Corinthians 12, 13. It says, for by one spirit, we're baptized into the body. Number two, the disciple baptizes us in water. We talked about that last week. Amen. For by one spirit, we're all baptized into one body, right? That's what, when Jesus baptizes us into the body of Christ. And then it says the disciple baptizes us in water. Look at Matthew 28, 19. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them, immersing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. This is in water. That's what we did last week. Notice I said the disciple baptizes in water. 
You do not have to be a pastor to baptize in water. We have fathers who have baptized their children all the time. You do not have to be a pastor to baptize in water. Do you follow me? Amen. The disciple baptizes in water. We've had many fathers that are doing it. And I'm showing you this, guys. Listen, because there's three baptisms and we all need to experience them. Here's number three. Jesus baptizes us in the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Jesus baptizes us in the Holy Spirit. And this is what we want to focus on this morning. Okay? This is what I want to talk to you about this morning. We want to talk about receiving the Holy Spirit or what the Bible calls the baptism in the Holy Spirit. And it's, an, it's important. I want you to understand the difference between the first baptism and the third baptism. Amen? Amen, y'all. I want you to understand this. It's important. The first and the third are different. The first baptism is actually the baptism of, everybody say of, of. the Holy Spirit. And the third baptism is the baptism in or with, everybody say in or with, the Holy Spirit. Now, so when people ask you if you've ever received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, y'all follow me? People say you ever received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. In other words, the baptism that the Holy Spirit performs. You follow me? The baptism that the Holy Spirit performs yes when you got saved amen when you got saved the holy spirit baptizes you into the body of christ are y'all follow me first corinthians 12 13 right when you get saved the holy spirit baptizes you but the bible listen talks specifically about a baptism in or with the holy spirit let me show it to you y'all ready Matthew 3.11. Matthew 3.11. And this is John the Baptist speaking. He says, I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance. But he who is coming after me is mightier than I. And he's referring to Jesus, obviously, right here, right? Whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. He says, he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. With is a preposition right there. The word with is a preposition, and even in the Greek, it's considered an article. And you can take that word with, and you can replace it with the word in. They are exactly the same. Amen? Are y'all following me? They're exactly the same. They mean the exact same thing. Notice, it says, Jesus, he will baptize you with the Spirit. Amen? Now, remember 1 Corinthians 12, 13. I would have them pull that up, but we can't. So... Remember, remember 1 Corinthians 12, 13, it says that the Holy Spirit baptizes us into Jesus. Amen? Y'all following that? So number one, again, the Holy Spirit baptizes us into Jesus, but notice very carefully in Matthew 3, 11. We just read it. He, Jesus, will baptize you with or in the Holy Spirit. Right? Jesus wants to immerse us. Jesus wants to completely surround us. Jesus wants to completely fill us with his Holy Spirit. Amen. That's what the word baptismo means. He wants us to be completely filled to overflowing with the Holy Spirit. So the baptism in the Holy Spirit is in every gospel. There are only a few things that are in every single gospel. Matthew, Mark, and Luke are what they call synoptic 
are similar gospels. Matthew, Mark, and Luke are synoptic gospels. They are very similar. That's why you can go back and you can look at one parable in Matthew, Mark, and Luke, and they're very, very similar. They were all wrote, right? John is not a synoptic gospel, all right? Matthew, Mark, and Luke, they record the birth of Jesus, and then they go immediately after the beheading of John, right? Come on, y'all. This is, this, is, this is what a, they go, which is the third year of Jesus's ministry. In 70 AD, Jesus had been dead for 34 years. John the apostle, who was the last known living disciple, thought to himself, he says, well, nobody's really talked about the first two years of Jesus's ministry. So he wrote the book of John at that point. And that's why we have things in John that we don't have in Matthew, Mark, and Luke. Are y'all following me? Y'all following me? And the reason, woo, okay. <laughs> I thought y'all was clapping at me. Y'all ain't clapping at me. Y'all are clapping at that thing. I thought I was doing something good. I should have known better. All right. All right. Start over. I got some really good points to redo. Oh, man, we're going to be here till noon. There it is. Praise the Lord. Scotty, Scotty, Scotty. Oh. That's why we have things in the book of John that we do not have in Matthew, Mark, and Luke. Amen? I'm telling you this because what is recorded in all four Gospels for sure is the death, burial, resurrection of Jesus Christ because that's very important and the baptism in the Holy Spirit. It's in all four Gospels. The death, burial, resurrection of Jesus Christ and the baptism in the Holy Spirit. It is in all four Gospels. We just read it in Matthew. And it's very similar in Mark and Luke. But look at it in John. I want to show you this. And you'll see how it's a little different in John chapter 1. John 1, This right here. Thank the Lord. Because now I really got to make some good points to make up for all that. Listen, guys. John 1.33, this is right here, John the Baptist is speaking, and he puts a little different slant on it. I want y'all to catch this. He said, I did not know him, which is Jesus, but he who sent me to baptize with water said to me, God said, upon whom you see the Spirit descending and remaining. That is very important. That is very important. He said, whom you see the, des the descending and remaining on him. He said, this is he. Come on, y'all who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. Amen? You see that? Jesus baptizes us in the Holy Spirit. Listen, this is good. This is very important because the Holy Spirit had never descended and remained on a person before. Amen. He descended on people in the Old Testament, but he would not remain. He descended on King Saul. And when King Saul offered an offering without Samuel, the Spirit departed from him. Amen. He descended on David then. And then David committed adultery with Bathsheba. David committed murder with her husband. David did all these things. And in his prayer of repentance in Psalm 51, he says, Lord, let not thy spirit depart from me. He says, restore to me the joy of my salvation. Listen, the spirit would come and go. The spirit would come on them. And then the spirit would leave them. So the father says to John, he the one he whom you see, the spirit descending and remaining and remaining. He said, this is he who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. 
Amen. Y'all see that? Now listen. When did John the Baptist see the Spirit descending and remaining on Jesus? It was when he baptized him in water. Amen? He baptized him in water. The heavens opened up. He said, this is my son in whom I'm well pleased. The Spirit descended like a dove. Right? The Holy Trinity together in one spot. The Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Come on, y'all. You got to understand. Listen. Yep, listen. So, so it says the heavens open, right? We already talked about all that. And I have a very simple question for you. I want to ask you this. If Jesus needed to receive the Holy Spirit, if he needed the Holy Spirit to come on him when he was on this earth, and we all know the Holy Spirit came on him. The Bible says he was led by the Spirit in the wilderness, and he walked out in the power of the Spirit. Hallelujah. Amen. We know the Spirit had landed on him. So a simple question for you. If Jesus needed the Holy Spirit, don't we? Don't we? Amen. Maybe I'm the only one. I don't know. Don't we need it too? Hallelujah. I want you to take a look at the last words of Jesus before he ascended to heaven. In Acts 1, 4 and 5. Right after he said this, he said this to them and he went up to heaven. Look at this. And being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father. Everybody say promise. promise. Which... He said, listen to this. He said this, you have heard from me. For John truly is, and listen to this. Now here's Jesus himself. He's going back to all these verses in John that we've already talked about just now. Okay? Here's what Jesus is doing. He's going back to John. He says, for, for John truly baptizes with water. John the Baptist, right? But you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. And then he had to ascend to the Father before he could let the Holy Spirit come. Right? Amen. Now you're seeing this. So here's what he said. Wait for the promise. Everybody say promise. promise. Remember that. Remember that. And you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Then in Acts chapter 2. Okay. And we're going to talk about this here in a minute. But the Holy Spirit had came when the day of Pentecost had fully come. Then Peter stands up. And he preaches a message and he says that this is what was foretold by the prophet Joel. Y'all know what I'm talking about? It says, in the end, he will pour out his spirit. Amen. He will pour out his spirit. So Peter gets up and starts to preach. And then in Acts 2.37, look at this. It says, now when they heard this, they were cut to the heart. And they said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? Now I want you to watch. For the three baptisms right here. Okay? I want you to see this. Because we talked about this right here. Look, he says, men and brethren, what shall we do? Look at verse 38. What shall we do? Then Peter said to them, repent. Okay. That's your salvation. Repent. Receive the Lord. That's the first baptism. Amen? And let every one of you be baptized. That's water baptism. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Amen. And then, in the name of, you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Y'all see that? So there's the three baptisms. You're baptized into the water and then the Holy Spirit. Right? So remember this. Jesus said to wait for the promise. Okay? Everybody say promise. He said to wait for the promise, and here's what some people have said, that this outpouring of the Holy Spirit 
was only for the 120 that were in the upper room, right? He said that this outpouring of the Holy Spirit was only for the 120. It was just for the people on the day of Pentecost. But remember, Jesus said it's called what? Y'all don't even remember. The promise. What did Jesus say it was called? Thank you. Jesus said it was called the promise. He said, wait for the promise. And the promise is the baptism in the Holy Spirit. Amen. Jesus said that. It's very clear. Look at this. Look at the very next verse. Look at verse 39. For what? The promise. I'm glad five of you are listening. For the promise, that's the gift of the Holy Spirit, is to you and your children. Watch. And to all who are far off, as many as the Lord our God will call. That's us. That's us. We get to receive the Holy Spirit. Now watch this. I'm about done. I'm almost done. I told you we was going to go back to this. Look at Acts 2, look, look at Acts 2, 2 and 4. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Now you have to understand this. We talked about it last week. The Holy Spirit will fill the whole house first. Come on. The Holy Spirit is here. The Holy Spirit is here. The Bible says that he will fill the whole house first. None of them were filled yet. Says he filled the whole house first. Verse 3, then appeared to them divided tongues as a fire and one set upon each of them. Verse 4, and they were all filled. Amen. Filled the house first and they were all filled. Everybody say filled. filled. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Y'all see that? Everybody say they were filled. filled. And began to speak with other tongues. Ooh, y'all got quiet on that part. It didn't just say they were filled. It didn't just say they were filled. I want to tell y'all something. If this book's a lie anywhere, it's a lie everywhere. Do you hear me? If this book is a lie anywhere, it's a lie everywhere. Everybody say, and listen, everybody say they were filled. filled. And began to speak with other tongues. It didn't just say they were filled because if they didn't speak in any other tongues, you wouldn't have had the church born that day. Amen. Amen. Because it was them speaking in other tongues that had caused the multitudes to hear the wonderful works of God. Amen. They were filled and they began to speak with other tongues. It was the day of Pentecost. The city of Jerusalem was filled to capacity with people from all the Jews from all over. And they were filled with the Holy Spirit. They began to speak in tongues and every single one of them heard them speaking. Read it. Heard them speaking in their own dialect. And the church was born that day. Had they not spoken other tongues, everybody say filled. Filled. Everybody say spoke with other tongues. tongues. Restoration Church would not be here today. The church would not have been born that day. Everybody say filled. Filled. And spoke with other tongues. All right. You can't separate them. You can't separate them. It doesn't just say they were filled. Now you know what happens, don't you? The whole city hears them. They hear the noise and they hear the Spirit of God and they come out of their house. They come running. They see all these men speaking. Whoa, the wonderful works of God. Because they were men from all over the world. And they heard them in their own dialects. And the church was born. And that's when Peter gets up and begins to preach the message out of Joel. And he says, in the end times they will pour out. Amen. He says, I will pour out my Spirit on all flesh. 
but they had to speak in tongues first. They had to, do you, does this make sense to y'all? Are y'all following me? Everybody say the promise. Acts 2.33, look at this. Therefore being exalted to the right hand of God and having received from the Father, what? Of what? The promise of the Holy Spirit. Listen to this. Listen to this. Let me read it. He poured out this which you now, what? He poured out this which you now see and hear. Everybody say see, see. and hear. See. With the promise is evidence. You missed it. You missed it. With the promise is evidence. You see and hear. There's evidence. I still feel like you're missing it. Everybody say, see, see. and hear. hear. You know what? I want to tell you something. The devil always does things perverted, doesn't he? I want you to think about this. Don't he always pervert things? Whenever you see the Spirit of God coming on somebody in the New Testament, he comes in with a noise. There's evidence you can see and hear. The Bible says he come in like what? A rushing mighty wind. When the Spirit comes in, you can hear it. You can see it. There's evidence. But when he leaves, he leaves quietly. See, Samson knew not that the Spirit of God had left him. Samson got up and tried to do the things that he normally tried to do. He just couldn't. When the Spirit comes in, it comes in with a noise and it leaves quietly. Right? Come on. But when the devil comes in, don't, don't he sneak in? Don't he come in quietly? And boy, don't he leave with a loud bang. Huh? Don't he mess things up? That's why the Bible says that when the spirit, when, when the enemy comes rushing in like a flood, amen. Have you ever been in a flood? They're devastating. They'll come in, trickle, boom. And then it says the spirit of the Lord will raise up a standard against him. Amen. The devil will sneak right in, but leave in devastating noise and everything's trashed. You know what I'm talking about? Hallelujah. Totally different. Are y'all getting this? Are y'all getting this? So Peter says this. He says, this is the promise. The promise that you see and hear. Everybody say see and hear. See and hear. How did they hear? They heard them speaking in tongues. They heard them prophesying. And I'm so tired, guys, of seeing the church robbed of a great gift that God has given to every single person that's been born again. I'm sick of it. I am sick of seeing the church robbed of such power and such a gift that God has for you. For every single person that's been born again. There are people who say, well, you know, you can get the Holy Spirit and, and you know, you can be saved and filled with the Holy Spirit and do all this. You know what? You can get saved and have the Holy Spirit. You are a temple. You are a modern day Ark of the Covenant. You're going to heaven. But the baptism in the Holy Spirit with the outward evidence of speaking in tongues, a prayer language that only you and God know. Come on, somebody. If this book is a lie anywhere, it's a lie everywhere. Do you understand that? If this book is a lie anywhere, it's a lie everywhere. It's a prayer language that is a perfect language between you and God. Amen. We ain't going to make this all weird. We ain't going to... I just want to tell you, it's in the Bible. You need to know this stuff. Amen? Amen. You need to know this stuff. It may sound silly to you, 
it may sound like you're making it up. When you're up stammering in tongues, it's going to feel like you're making it up. The devil wants you to think you're making it up. Amen. Amen. Come on, y'all. The devil wants you to think you're doing it and making it up. The devil will stop. He will do anything, listen to me, to stop you from having that dunamis power that is in Acts 1-8. Come on, y'all. Do you see this? Acts 1-8, I want to show this to you. But you shall receive power. That word power right there is dunamis. That's where we get the word dynamite from. In the, amen. So he's saying, listen to this. But you shall receive dynamite power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. Amen. That is the promise. That is the promise. We cannot live the supernatural life by ourselves. Amen. We cannot live the supernatural life by ourselves. We simply do not have the strength to do it. The only way that we can live this life is to let the Holy Spirit live in us. Amen? Amen. It's to let the Holy Spirit live in us. And I'll tell you what. I got, I'm going to do something. I'm going to do this silly little illustration for you anyway. But I've got with me right here a glove. It's a work glove. Y'all see that? It's built, pretty durable. It's made to work. Amen? That's what it's made for. It's what it was created for. So I say, glove, pick up that Bible. I ain't doing it. I say this glove, pick up that Bible, glove, come on. You know what I think? Maybe this glove needs some encouragement. Come on, you can do it. Come on, give him some encouragement. Let's go, glove. You can do it. I know what this glove needs. Maybe it needs a pep talk. Maybe it needs some one-on-one. Come on, glove, you can do it. Take your finger, your thumb. You can do it. I kiss your hand. You can do it. I believe in you. Come on, glove. You can do it. You know what I think this glove needs? I think this glove needs to rededicate itself to being a glove. Maybe this glove needs to raise his hand. Maybe come down and get water baptized first. Then maybe it can work. You know what? Maybe this glove needs some fellowship. Maybe it needs some more gloves with it. it Come on, glove. You can do it. Come on. You can do it. Nothing. Can I tell you something? Even though that glove was designed for work. It was made for it. It was created for it. It was designed for it. But this glove will not do nothing 
until a living hand fills every single part of it. And then, then it can work. Are our lives not the same? Are our lives not the same? We are not able to live the supernatural life until God completely fills us with His power. Amen. We are not able to do it. We were made for it. We have the capacity for it. But we do not have the power for it. Amen. The only way to do that is through the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Come on, stand to your feet for me all around this room. And I want to say this, that maybe you're in here this morning and this is all Greek to you. Maybe this is all new to you. Maybe this is all weird to you and you're speaking in tongues and all this stuff. We're not going to make it weird. The first thing you need to do is invite the Lord Jesus Christ into your heart as your Lord and Savior. And if you haven't done that yet, and you're in here and you're in this service, and you have not asked Jesus to sit on the throne of your heart, I'm going to ask you right now to raise your hand. Raise your hand right now all around this room because that's the first thing you got to do. You can't get the baptism in the Holy Spirit if you have not even invited Jesus into your life. So with every head bowed and every eye closed all around this room, Nobody looking around. It's between you and Jesus. You might not have another opportunity to invite the Lord into your life. So if that's you, and you say, Pastor, I know I'm not right with God. Raise your hand all around this room. Nobody looking around. Raise your hand. We see them. We see those hands going up. That's the first thing you got to do. Receive Jesus and let him baptize you into the body. So if you raise your hand and everyone else follow along, say, Heavenly Father, Thank you for sending Jesus to die on the cross for my sin. Come into my heart, Jesus. Lead me. Guide me. Change me. I'm a sinner in need of a Savior. Thank you for your spirit. In Jesus' name. And Father, we thank you, Lord God. Father, we love you so much, God. I pray for every single person that raised their hand in here, God.